Good morning, Home Church. So good to be fellowshipping again in our home at home services. And hopefully you are going to have the best day of your week so far as you fellowship together with people who are like yourselves enjoying the presence of God. And whether you're eating or you're simply just listening and maybe eating later, whatever happens, may you have a wonderful fellowshipping moment today. We're going to continue with the value that we started last week on the family. And I'm going to read the value. It says, open family is our environment. And we are a community where anyone is accepted without judgment and false claims of perfection. A church whose hospitality feels like family to people from every walk of life. I'll read it again. We are a community where anyone is accepted without judgment and false claims of perfection. A church whose hospitality feels like family to people from every walk of life. Our prayer really is that we really take this to heart. This is our one of our biggest drives for home church, that all our families will be strong families. And we pray that as we take this journey, that you will understand that our church cannot be strong and effective unless our families are strong and effective. And no matter how great our church experiences, it means nothing if our families are not strong. So we're going to do everything possible to work together to ensure that we are strong families, knowing then that our church will be strong, our community will be strong, and we will see a better world and environment because of it. We established last week that God had always intended that through Adam and Eve, he would establish not only the fruitfulness on earth, but also his governance. And his plan was always to use the family as his means, not only of fellowship, but also of establishing his kingdom here on earth. And so when we observe what happened with Adam and Eve, in Genesis 3, Satan comes in and deceives them. And what he does is that because Adam and Eve sinned by disobeying God, they lost what was now their authority. They lost what was naturally given to them by God and were no longer the governors on earth. And so basically we have God now separated from his children and the inheritance that God had established for them was no longer under their control. The Bible tells us that Satan did now become the God of this world. So the journey subsequent to that now is a journey where God looks to re-establish his connection with humanity and to put back in order his original intention of the family being his governance on earth. And so we arrive in Exodus 3, 
In fact, Exodus 4 and verse 23, and it actually says here, this is God himself. He says, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. This is God, again, give us an indication that he wants the relationship of family, father and son. And he's making the statement that the nation of Israel was his firstborn son. And the word firstborn, meaning there would be others. So again, he's establishing this context, this concept that God is interested in the being a father to his children. And he calls Abraham in order to make the nation of Israel um, uh, 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 his descendants and to make out of Abraham the descendants. And we see here he does the same when it comes to uh, Jacob. He says he led Jacob's family to Egypt with the intention to multiply them and make them a nation. Again, God is looking for the increase of his people on earth. The purpose of all God's dealings with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, was to make the nation of Israel to form a people for himself. Basically, God is saying, I want my family back. Imagine if somebody took your family, you'd do everything possible to get them back. This was God saying, I want my family back. And we see here that in Genesis 12 and verse 3, and he says the same thing in Genesis 22 and 15 to 18, that God through Abraham then says, through you all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And we, we, we join it here where the Bible tells us here that he says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham as Abraham was about to sacrifice his son. Now God was again testifying and declaring prophetically something that was going to come in order to restore his family back to him. And here Abraham was called to walk this journey that God himself was going to take. And he asked Abraham to give him his firstborn son. In other words, offer it back to God. And Abraham, through his love for God, said, okay, God, if you gave me the son, and if you're asking back for the son, who am I to refuse what you've given to me? And he's about to sacrifice his son. And an angel of the Lord speaks out and he says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. Now remember that. Where do we hear that again? We hear it from God. God in John 3.16 says he's given his only son. So Abraham was giving his only son. He says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants. He's saying here, as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. God believed and could see that he could look forward to seeing a restored relationship with his children on earth. And so in you all the families of the earth, he said, will be blessed. And he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And he says, and who dishonor you, and he says, and, and he himself will continue to establish this nation and generation. So God wanted as many of his people on earth, taking back the earth, 
one family at a time. Your family, my family, God's family. And what he wants to establish and to let us know that he wanted us to get our inheritance back. When you have lost the relationship with your father, in other words, when you've been disconnected, you are no longer entitled to the inheritance. In other words, that separation meant that the inheritance that God had for us could not be ours. But God said, I'm coming to get my families back. And we see here that when we look at the inheritance, God's plan is now being unveiled through his son, Jesus Christ. And he tells us here, that the, the Matthew 1 begins the genealogy of Jesus. And we're seeing here that uh, we begin to understand that God had an intention. So by the time we reach Matthew 16 and verse 16 and 18, to, we're seeing here that God reveals to us again his plan. He's with his disciples, Jesus says, and they're having this conversation He'd been working miracles, doing so many different things. And people, he was saying to his disciples, who are people saying that I am? And they're having a little conversation. But Peter pipes up and says, thou art the Christ, the anointed one. That's what Christ means. The son of the living God. So now we have here on earth, God once again having his son back. And we're told, it goes on to say, and Jesus then says, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, in other words, upon this truth, I will build my church. So what is the truth he's talking about? The truth is that now Jesus is the son of God. That's the truth. He's the anointed one, but he's also the son of the living God. Meaning now, if he's the son, then he's entitled to the inheritance of the father. Isn't that amazing? And we see here that he says, upon this now truth, I'm going to build my church. Now let's look at that word church. That word church actually means ecclesia, and it's God's form of governance. Now, Look, 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 look at what happens here. So, so God is, is, is telling us that at some stage, uh, Jesus Christ is going to be now establishing a government again on earth on the truth that he is the son of God and he's entitled to the inheritance and everything that God has. So therefore, the kingdom of God would now again be reestablished on earth. And so we, we understand what Christ did. And when he died, he rose again. Look what he says in Matthew 28 and verse 18. He says, all power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. We've got the inheritance back. We've got everything that our Father has now once made again available to us that we as sons and daughters can once again receive the fullness of everything that our Father has. And he says, all power, all authority is given unto me, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And then the Bible tells us that he's the first of 
all of us. He's the elder brother of all of us. So you, me, everybody born again now is a son of God. We are family together in him and we have access to everything that he has. All power. Just begin to tell yourself, I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, and everything my father has belongs to me. Declare that over your life right now. And what Jesus goes on to say that upon this principle, I'm going to build my church, my ecclesia, my governing body. And that governing ecclesia, this is what they would do. The ecclesia would make decisions on basically on on, on suggested laws and all the finality of what that law would be. They would also here make appointments to official positions. This is what the ecclesia would do. So they would appoint people. We see this happening even amongst the disciples here. They're appointing people to take care of different individuals and so on, take care of the widows. We see here that the ecclesia would also both have internal and external policies in the region, including contracts, treaties, war and peace and financial matters. This is the role of the Ecclesia. They would be now looking at what kind of edicts would go out, what battles would be fought, what strategies would be taken. And it goes on to explain to us that the Ecclesia would rule on cases of treason. It could summon the army at any point, assemble to go to war. The Ecclesia ruled on society and cultural matters for its geological location and territory. So basically, we here at Home Church are God's sons and daughters, but we are his ecclesia, we are his governing body, and he chose to do it through the families of the earth. So your family, my family, are part of this governing ecclesia, this governing body on earth that have access to declare war on the enemy's camp, that have uh, decisions that we can go after the enemy's territory. We can decide and decree, which is what God has declared, because all power now is accessible to us. Hallelujah. I think that's a shouting moment. And we see here that in doing so, that through our walk in Christ, the Bible tells us that we are hid with Christ in God. And that only through being sons and daughters do we have access to everything that our Father has. People may visit your home, but they don't have the same relationship you have with the father and mother of that home. You have rights. Because they are your father. And I'm declaring and letting you know that today, that you have rights. That when Jesus says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, then everything that God has, you have access to because he is your father. The Bible tells us that only sons can walk in the spirit. In other words, he said, those who are led of the spirit are the sons of God. And do you remember what that means when we're talking about the Spirit of God? What was the passage where the kingdom of God is established? It's Romans 14, 17 telling us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom exists in the Spirit. The domain we dwell in is the Spirit. So every family born again has access through the Spirit of God to all that God has to offer. And God is declaring to us today that we are to become strong families, not simply just 
dysfunctional families, but strong families. How do we go about doing that? Strong families, we want to look at nine things that strong families will manifest. Strong families are highly functional. They have a clear understanding of their roles. In other words, man, father, husband, you have an understanding of what that means. And if you don't, and you're on a journey to understand that, you have an intentional passion to say, I need to know who I am in order that my family can be strong. A woman, a mother, a wife, a boy, a son, a brother, a nephew, a girl, a daughter, a sister. Each of these roles are important within the family and the strong families are highly functional as we understand how to manifest and work in our role. Fathers, you cover your family. Mothers, you come alongside and you cover your family. You work together as a team. Children, you honor your parents. And in so doing, the Bible tells us there is a blessing. Strong families love and serve each other. It would be just great just to get up and make that other person a breakfast or a tea. You know, to offer to do things. We love and we serve each other. The Bible tells us that we esteem each other more highly than ourselves. And that the greatest of us is a servant. Therefore, we demonstrate our love through how we serve one another. Strong families are good communicators. In other words, it's important to you that you're clear, that you understand the other person. They understand you. You take your time to ensure that your communication is clear, that there's no confusion. And we hear it so often that communication is key. It has to be intentional in strong families. Strong families listen. The Bible tells us in James 1.19, slow to speak and quick to listen. Often we're so easy, we wanting to make our point, but strong families learn how to listen well. And it allows us to listen with a level of compassion, a level of caring and understanding, a level of empathy, a level of intention that I want to understand you rather than I'm just waiting for you to finish to get my point across. Strong families love to listen and embrace what the other one is saying. Strong families live a balanced lifestyle that is clear and structured and ordered with consistency. Strong families are caring and sincere. We consider the relationships that we have amongst us. Strong families are well supported by extending links. In other words, you have people connecting into you that help to give ballast to your family. That when you're not around mom and dad, there are others that can speak into that family. You make strong connections with grandparents and extended other members and friends that allows your family to feel like you are fully fortified. Strong families pull together. You stand together, you overcome challenges together, you pray together, you worship together. That's what strong families do. And you are able to pull together to move mountains. That's what strong families do. Strong families foster stable and predictable environments. In other words, we know how the home runs. It's safe for you to explore your own character and personality. Children feel safe and confident because there's consistency. 
there's a deep level of security in that environment. That the parameters and self-expression is so easily uh, enjoyed because you are strong. As we go through our time here, we're going to be continuing to unpack these values. And I know our, our church home pastor, Ernest, will be joining, coming alongside us as families to ensure that we are strong. Strong families are defined by grace. In other words, Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, for the grace of God has appeared to, that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright and godly life in this present time. Strong families are governed by grace. But we give grace and favor to others, but it also teaches us how to conduct our lives according to God, our Father's principle. God is so intentional about being your father, about sharing what he has with you, that he says, even if your mother and father forsake you, I will take you up. He will never leave you alone because God is passionate about family. We talked in some messages previously about being the beloved. He says to Jesus, is my beloved son in whom he's well pleased. You and I are God's beloved. And God is declaring to us today that he wants us to be strong families. And that through our strong families, he's going to govern. Because we become the church. I'm praying today that you really get excited about seeing your family get stronger, about seeing your family maturing, you know, being much more like God intends it to be, going further, deeper, you know, learning how to enjoy and to really be what God intended as a manifested presence on earth. We love the families here at home and we're excited about what God is doing. And we believe that as we take this journey together, that we can join with God to make family great again. The devil is trying to destroy what that family is supposed to look like. But God is saying to us as his people, stand on his word, stand on his intention. That he has always intended to be a father to us and to bless us accordingly. That we can be fruitful in every area of our life and multiply. And that our families will enjoy what our value says. A community where anyone is accepted without judgment or false claims of perfection. And then our church will provide hospitality that feels like family, that is family. You are my family. I am yours. And together, we can see generation after generation declaring the glory of God as we can say like Jesus, that we are sons of the living God. May God bless you today. 
And may he empower you to understand that he loves you like you are the only son he's got. If you are listening to this and you're feeling, God, I want to be a son too. Trust me, you're missing out if you're not. You simply have to take on the work that Jesus Christ has done, that he died and gave his life so that you can be grafted in again, that through him you can become a son of God. And a son just simply means a generic term for that family of God. You simply have to just pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come into my heart. Make me your son, Father. I give my life to you today. And if you prayed that prayer by faith, the blood of Jesus has cleansed your heart and you've invited God into your life and he will be your father. That when your father and mother forsake you, he will pick you up. And I pray for our congregants here at Home Church, every one of us, that we take this journey together. Buckle up. Our families are going to be strong. And the glory of God is going to manifest as we take dominion here in our chapter of this kingdom. May God bless you today. Our family, open family, is our environment. Thank you.